What's up, people? Another episode of Just with Swartz. I'm okay Davis here with you. We're going to get into a little college football uh, in the championship game. Stetson Bennett. We'll talk about that. College basketball. What's going on? What's going on with my my team? But then also, I'm like waking up like, wait, what's going on with college basketball, period? Like, I've just not really been following it outside of Pitt. We'll talk some National Football League, a couple of off-season stories to get to with my Washington Commanders and the NFL in general. And of course, the playoffs. I'm going to give my gut check picks for the playoff games coming up. But I'm going to start with the NBA. You know, when you get to the end of the regular season in the NFL, you kind of get that feeling when you're like, oh, it's almost it's almost over. But on the flip side, because I do enjoy basketball so much, I am really excited. I'm really excited. We're at the midway point of the NBA season. And one of the best stories that I actually want to start with is John Morant. You know, there are times when I see a fan that's near the court getting something. And I'm like, oh, well, their parents have money. They had courtside seats, blah, blah, blah. But not this story. And that's not always the case either. But this young Memphis fan, Ellie Hughes, who had an autographed basketball that she has been collecting from Memphis Grizzly players since she was five. And some men stole the ball. And that's really sad. Like, come on. How you going to steal a basketball from some little girl? But Ja Morant, you know, he did what he could. He should get the Community Assist Award for the week. He gave the girl his shoes and an autographed jersey. And that's great. You know, we talk about the power of the media. It can be used for good. You don't always have to talk about the negative with a team or a player or a league, right? I Look, I do it sometimes too. I do it sometimes too, where I try to harp on the negative. But there are a lot of positive stories out there, and this is one of the better ones. It is. John Moran said, quote, it's something I pretty much love to do. You touch somebody's heart like that. A big fan of Grizzlies for years. It's moments like that that mean the most to them. Something they will never forget. And he gave her shoes that only a few people in the world have. And so that's even more special for young Ellie Hughes. And I'm glad that the Memphis Grizzlies were able to make this into a bigger deal. And with this report uh, from WMC Action News about the story, um, it's really cool. It warmed my heart. And I just wanted to share off the bat if you don't know about it. More players should be doing that. 
because the ripple effects of something like that can be just astounding. And that always makes me happy when you see that happen. What you don't like to see happen are players getting hurt. Kevin Durant's hurt. Uh, you know, a couple of the Celtics are banged up. The New Orleans Pelicans cannot stay healthy between Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. Um, it's just one of those things. Chris Middleton from the Bucks can't stay healthy. Chris Paul. Devin Booker have been injured at different times. Zach Levine was hurt for a spell. and Bradley Beal was hurt for a little bit. You just don't like to see it. Because now when you hear about like a Kevin Durant being out for as long as he is going to be, knowing that the team has always been, has always struggled when he's not playing, that's just simply not good. It's not good for the league, and of course it's not good for the team, but it really bums me out because the Nets were looking really good. I think they were very close to catching Boston. Boston holds the best record in the NBA, over 700 at 30-12, and 12, but Brooklyn was right behind them. They've, now they've won two in a row, 9-1 and one in their last 10. That is the best 10-game 10, 10 record in the NBA right now. But you know that that may not hold up. Now, it is a different team. Every year is different. We're looking at the stats from the last, you know, year without Kevin Durant. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks are holding it down without Chris Middleton. Injuries are part of the game. 76ers had to play for a spell without Joel Embiid. No player is going to go through, especially not a superstar who has that volume of usage up and up and up every year, is going to be able to survive for that long. Something's going to give. And I just hope with the Brooklyn Nets, and you know, even when you look at the rise of the New Orleans Pelicans, um, you know, they're only 5-5 five and five in their last 10 because they've lost a number of players to injuries um, in and out of lineup. Memphis Grizzlies have the longest win streak in the NBA right now at eight. Remember a couple pods ago, there were like four teams that had winning streaks over six. There are ebbs and flows to a season. And for any team where you lost your superstar, you hope that they can obviously tread water until they come back but that it doesn't affect the season long-term. That's what you want. I mean, look at the Clippers. They've had to play, what, two, three seasons without Paul George and Kawhi Leonard? I mean, they, they don't even get to play together on a regular basis. And now with all the load management and, you know, watching players playing back-to-back, the lineups are just inconsistent. I imagine their bodies aren't in sync Right? It makes it difficult. It makes it difficult. But as we get to the midway point of the season, um, I've got a few predictions. Um, 
who is the favorite to win the NBA title right now? And by the way, Anthony Davis, another player that's out. If the playoffs started today and you said who's going to win the title, I would say the Boston Celtics. Even with a new head coach in Joe Missoula, I think their rise um, to getting to the NBA Finals last year, the culture seems to have not changed. The team seems to kind of still be cohesive. They are my favorite to end the, win the NBA title, and that hurts. I am far from a Boston Celtics fan, even though my grandfather was. Um, I just simply am not. Um, I just think that realistically, they seem to have, despite what happened with Emil Doka, they seem to have the most consistency. Brooklyn, obviously, with the injuries, changing in coach, but that was midseason, or but it's still not midseason, but it was while the season was going on that they let go of Steve Nash. Milwaukee Bucks are always going to be the Milwaukee Bucks. I think they beat a sleeper in the East. The surprise is the Cleveland Cavaliers to me, is the biggest surprise. Because when they traded for Donovan Mitchell, who knew? That they would, they're only 5-5 five five in their last 10, but who knew that they would have this continue to rise? I mean, they were a surprise last season, but I thought maybe they would level off, and they haven't. They have not leveled off, and that that's a good thing. The only thing I would say is I really want to see different teams in the finals. I wouldn't mind Brooklyn or Cleveland or even the 76ers in the finals versus the Nuggets, Grizzlies, or Pelicans. But if I had to pick, okay, well, your favorite out of East is Boston. Who is your favorite out of the West? I would say right now it's the Denver Nuggets. They've got Nikola Jokic, the reigning two-time MVP, but you got Jamal Murray back, right? You still have Aaron Gordon. They are a solid basketball team, and it's showing. They're 8-2 and two in their last 10. They've won four in a row. I like John Morant. I like the core of that team in Memphis. But I think this might be Denver's year to get to the NBA Finals. And I know it's kind of... It, my sleeper is in New Orleans Pelicans, but if they aren't healthy, I feel like, man, I mean, is it really the Memphis Grizzlies? Because here's my thing. I would say, as I've said many times on this pod, you cannot win with your point guard being the most dominant player. But that really is predicated on you have to have a good core around them. Now, John Morant is more electric and more of a leader and more of a scorer, and I'm probably someone probably kill me for this, than Isaiah Thomas. But this Memphis Grizzlies teams reminds me of like the Detroit Pistons. Maybe you could say like the Chauncey Billet, Tayshawn Prince years with Ben Wallace, you could. But the funny thing is I feel like that was a blueprint 
back in the day with Isaiah and Joe Dumars and Bill Lambeer and Dennis Rodman, Vinny Johnson, The Microwave, John Sally. If you can't tell, it's one of my favorite teams. But that's what I see in Memphis. They have a good core. And John Morant is that leader. And so I could see Memphis taking, getting to that next plateau to take on the Celtics. I could. I could. Is there anything else that I looked at from the NBA season where I was just like, mm. I don't know if there's another story that excites me. Um, you know, LeBron James is going to pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but as I've said many times, and I it actually annoys me to no end, he's already passed him. I don't understand how we can say all-time leading scorer, but we try to not include playoff points. Points are points. Playoffs regular season? Come on, man. That's that's To me, that's apples and oranges. LeBron James has already passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. But we'll get to my thoughts on that before we, uh, when we get closer. Uh, I'll have more thoughts on that when we get closer. But the other thing is we've been talking about points, 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 points. The NBA is scoring a lot of points. There are, when we were, uh, there was a good article on NBA.com talking about uh, the points. 44 players are averaging over 20 points per game, 5 over 30. Just 10 years ago, there were 9, only 9 averaging 20 points per game, and nobody with 30. Miami is at the bottom of the league in terms of team scoring at 108 points per game. 10 years ago, they would have been leading the league in scoring. As I mentioned before, um, I just wanted to show go over those two stats. The problem for me with that is you can't you can't play defense anymore. The usage is up. The balls that are in the hands of the stars. They are controlling the game more so than in the past. You know, as we've gone less and less with positions, right? Nikola Jokic has the ball in his hand a lot. Just as much as John Morant has the ball in his hand a lot. Same for Giannis, bringing the ball up full court. Running down court, head full of steam. How are you going to stop him? Because you can't set a pick, really. Right, you euro step around it. You barely bump them, and they call foul in an and one with those long arms. He'll extend and still get the layup. And of course, the three point line. The pace of the game is faster, and I like it. But that doesn't mean the game is better, and that's where I have an issue. Ratings are down. I think as I try every day to think about to kind of tweak my answer, if you will, to explore where I'm going with this, why I don't necessarily feel excited that scoring is up because you can't play defense. Yeah, there are 44 players averaging 20 points per game, but when you watch a game, you don't necessarily see that. You don't necessarily feel it to me. 
what I feel I am watching are ball-dominant players who are just asking you to clear it out. Not space the floor. Not, oh, let's let's make five passes before we shoot. And maybe you're going to be like, oh, that's way too old school. I just don't like all of this one-on-one basketball. And if you're like, no, that's not true. Yes, it is. It's not about, oh, maybe it's the generation you came from. No, ratings are down. No one's watching the NBA like they used to. You're not even watching the NBA like you used to. But you want to say you are. But you're not. And that's why they're struggling. That's why the ratings are down. Because maybe in some ways it's becoming too much like an all-star game. All right, dunks are cool. Three points are cool. But you want to see good close games. Not only do you not want to see blowouts, but you don't want to see a team like Boston where I just said, oh, they could be the favorite to win the NBA title, lose to the Oklahoma City Thunder without Shea Gilgis Alexander. And they score 150 points on the Celtics. Shouldn't happen. Also shouldn't happen because what is there to do in Oklahoma City? They should have been well-rested, chilling. They obviously weren't. Something wasn't right. Scoring does not mean you're making the game better. And I hope that the NBA will think about that. Why do you? Why are you like, oh, we got all these stars doing all these great things. And yet the ratings are down. No one's watching basketball the way they used to. Maybe it's because it's not exciting the way the game is played today. It's not competitive enough. You can't have Jordan rules where you can shut down and make it tough on Michael Jordan. Maybe that's why. I definitely think that could be why. I am trying to figure out why. With the college football championship. Not so much why it was so lopsided, but why did we think TSU actually had a chance? Because in my mind, I think what actually happened more than TCU won that game, why can't we just recognize that Michigan choked? Harbaugh did not have the Wolverines ready. They should have wiped the floor with TCU. TCU was like the Gonzaga of basketball. You don't play anybody really during a regular season. Okay, fine, you were undefeated, but then you got to play the big boys. I think what really should be happening, we happening is more criticism of Harbaugh and Michigan. And you can praise TCU. You can. That's let me let me let me take that back a little bit. I'm gonna walk that back a little bit. I like a good Cinderella story. It was cool. When I watched the game again, I was like, oh, wow, TCU won. But realistically, when I watched the number of times that they were, they had a chance, Michigan had a chance to punch it in, they couldn't. I think there were three first and goals that they didn't score on. That's bad. That's bad. But I also didn't quite understand why can't Stetson Bennett, the fourth play in the NFL, I don't quite get that. He just won back-to-back national championships. Okay, he's 25. All right. How old is Tom Brady still playing? How old is Aaron Rodgers still playing? 
Matt Stafford was dapping up Stetson after the win. If I'm the Washington Commanders, I'll take a flyer on Stetson Bennett the fourth. He's obviously proven he can be a leader and he can win ball games. I'm not saying that he's going to be lights out in the NFL, but I don't quite understand this dismissive attitude towards him because of his age as if he's got no shot to do anything in the NFL. I just simply don't get it. And I think it's wrong. And I hope that he does get a shot. And I tell you what, I would take him over the three quarterbacks the Washington Commanders have. I don't need Taylor Heineke, who is who we had to get from the library at Old Dominion. I don't need Sam Howell, who miraculously is having a good game in the final game against the Dallas Cowboys second team. And all of my friends and family are like, yo, what's up? What, what, what should we go with Sam Howell? If Sam Howell was good, he would have been playing already this season. Okay. Dallas had never seen Sam Howell play. He wasn't playing against the first team the entire game. You got to chill with that. And obviously Carson Wentz was a mistake. I hope Washington does draft Stetson. That the other team's going to be like, oh, he's 25. Okay. If he takes care of his body, he could probably at least play seven years, ten years. Yeah, he can. I just don't like that narrative that there's something wrong with him because of his age. If he can play, he can play. I didn't even do the stat before I came on. To see how many quarterbacks in the league are being are successful. Even at that advanced age. Deshaun Watson. Lamar Jackson. Dak Prescott. Jalen Hurts. Carson Wentz. Kirk Cousins. Aaron Rodgers, Jared Goff, Matt Ryan, Ryan Tannehill, well maybe not Taysom Hill, but then you had, uh, gosh how am I forgetting his name, the former FSU quarterback who was QB in New Orleans. I'll come back to it. Tom Brady. Baker Mayfield. Russell Wilson. Patrick Mahomes. Derek Carr. Matthew Stafford. Jimmy Garoppolo. Geno Smith. That's one two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 
18 of the quarterbacks, over half the league, is about the age of Stetson Bennett at the quarterback position. And most of the quarterbacks, right? How many of those teams, if we look at it another way, are you like, yeah, I could use another quarterback? Washington could. Tennessee might. Indianapolis, definitely. Houston, definitely. Miami, maybe, whatever happens with Tua. The Jets, yes. Instant coffee guy. Atlanta, yes. New Orleans, yes. Carolina, yes. Las Vegas, yes. All right, there are a number of teams that need a quarterback. So don't diss Stetson Bennett. Just don't do it. Don't do it. Briefly talking about college basketball. I wanted Pitt to turn the corner. They lost at home to Clemson, then on the road to Duke. I'm rooting for him. You guys stay positive. Just want to just give a shout out there to Pittsburgh Panthers to stay positive. We're going to get there eventually. But outside of that, I have just not really been following college basketball. I mean, I was shocked when it was like, wait, Houston's number one? Purdue's number three? Alabama? Roll Tide, number four? UConn back in the mix at number six? It's not quite upside down, but I'm just looking at these teams. I just, all right. Actually, I think, wait, did Pitt lose to Clemson or UVA last? Guess I could look it up, can I? Yeah, I can. Charleston is in the top 25. Providence still holding it down for the Big East. TCU and football and basketball are ranked. So I'm, I'm, I'm getting into the swing of things with college basketball again now I'm actually going to go to I'm going to a basketball game next week Pitt Panthers I'm going to go watch a game against Wake Forest I think I'm excited I'm also excited for the NFL playoffs why more so than other years maybe I said this last year too possibly to me there's parody I don't know that there is a favorite team right now. I don't know if there is. Now, before I get to the playoffs, my favorite team, the Washington Commanders, are a disaster. And I hope that they clean house. Send Riverboat Ron upstream. Let's start over. Uh, maybe, possibly, hopefully, new ownership too would be good. And we need a real quarterback. I think the thing for me that I shared with my uh, 
couple of my friends and family is an interesting tweet from Ron that I felt like it was, I just didn't like the quote. And I feel like it's one of those things where it's like it's disingenuine. Um, it was from Tom Levero, who I do still follow. And it was just a quote from him, from Ron Rivera. Coach Ron Rivera in a season review press conference. It's not always on the win-loss record to show you've grown or not. End quote. At the start of the season, because that was at the end of the season, at the start of the season, he says, I'm here to be judged on that, okay? The judgment starts with winning or losing. Judgment's over. You didn't win. You have contributed to Washington continuing to be a laughing stock, even if there were some bright spots during the season, including his... Uh, Um, telling which players that they got to the Pro Bowl. That was wonderful. And you could say, yeah, he's got high character. But that didn't win football games. And Washington can't win football games. And Washington needs another change. And I don't like that either. I don't like that either. Since 1999, Washington has had 25 different QBs, two postseason wins, and they've gone 163, 220, and 2. That's awful. NFC East winners the last three seasons. Washington has won three, which actually is not that bad. The Giants have won three. The Cowboys have won six. And the Eagles have won six. There have been no repeat winners, which is the longest streak in, of any division in NFL history. So it's gone. It's been kind of all over the place of who is a dominant team in the NFC East. But it also shows why it's such a competitive division. But it's time for a change in Washington. And if they need another quarterback, whether it's through the draft, which of course they won their last game, which helped them, which dropped them down percentage points, and they couldn't win the games they needed to win to get into the playoffs, which is like you did everything backwards. Maybe they can turn it around with two signings, if not from the draft of a quarterback. There's a way they could steal Lamar Jackson from Baltimore. Baltimore gambled, didn't want to sign him to a long-term deal, and I know they're probably going to try to lowball him now. Oh, you're injured. You know, maybe we don't want to sign you to a long-term deal because who knows if you're going to stay healthy. And so that could be the same for Washington to say, well, why would you want to sign him to a long-term deal? Which, speaking of that, I won't really get into it, but I don't know why Minnesota gave Carlos Correa that deal either if already – Two teams were like, yeah, we're worried about his health. Now, granted, it was half the years, so I get that. But Carlos did not want to play in Minnesota. And if I'm Minnesota, I would have been like, okay, bye. But I guess it's a business and you got to take what you can get. But you can get, going back to football, 
Lamar Jackson if you're the Washington Commanders. You can also get Derek Carr from the Raiders if you're the Washington Commanders. And I would try to play for both of those. And maybe even Stetson Bennett. For the future. You see. Alright, maybe you can't do that. But I hope that they make a play for some big names. And you can't get any bigger than Lamar Jackson after what he's done right up 95, right? I mean, come on. You got to do that. You got to do that. One thing I've got to do is my gut check picks for the NFL playoffs, which I am excited about. I am. So I'm going to do my gut check picks, and that's your show, folks. Seahawks at the 49ers. Not, 49ers are favored at minus 9.5. I think that's too many points. I'm going to take the Seahawks at plus nine and a half. Now, you could do the money line too, but no, nah, I'm not doing that. Chargers, Jaguars. The Jaguars aren't favored. The Chargers are favored, and I think they should be. I'm taking the Chargers at minus two and a half as long as Brandon Staley doesn't stumble over his own mind, his brilliant offensive mind maybe they'll make the right plays i think they will win that game dolphins buffalo bills the bills are favored at minus 13 and a half i can't see Tua playing i can't see buffalo not being inspired especially if demar hamlin is on the sideline or walks a team out i'm taking buffalo at minus 13 and a half i am that's probably too many points yeah, I'm sorry. I got to change that. I'm going to take the Dolphins at plus 13 and a half. Giants at the Vikings. The Vikings are favored at minus three. I don't trust the Vikings. I think they have shown that they can't win in prime time, but I'm going to give them a game. I'm going to take the Vikings at minus three. Ravens, Bengals. The Bengals are favored at minus nine and a half. We just got the news, well, not just got it, but the news came out that Lamar Jackson will not be playing for Baltimore. I think the Bengals are red hot. It should be a closer game, though. I'm going to take the Ravens at plus nine and a half. And then we have the Cowboys at the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are favored at plus two and a half. So here's my thing. No. The Bucs have not looked good all season. But even in that last game of the season for Dallas at Washington, they didn't look good either. They should have won that game. They should have won that game, if nothing else, for consistency of just saying, hey, we want to keep this momentum going. Now, do I think that the Cowboys really should win the game? Yes, but I think it will be closer than we expect it to be. So I am going to take the Buccaneers at plus two and a half so what do i have i have the buccaneers at plus two and a half the ravens at plus nine and a half the vikings minus three the dolphins plus 13 and a half the chargers minus two and a half and the seahawks plus nine and a half i look forward to watching the uh, nfl playoffs and i'm sure you will too uh, let's enjoy that'll do it for just for sport i'm jamoke ciao for now
Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the Just for Sport podcast. All you have to do is sign up now and use the promo code J for Sport, and Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Yep, that's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play and download the Prize Picks app today.